everybody. We want to welcome you to Jericho Road Church. My name is Jim. Most of you know me, but if you don't, um, then that means you're new. And we have a connection card for you to fill out. It's in the chair back in front of you. Um, you can find one or grab one. A little bit. Thanks, Mikey. Hey, everybody at home. Good to see you. Love you. Hope you're well. Um, if you are new, like I said, fill out one of those connection cards and drop it off in the offering box. And you could also put things on there like I'm interested in being baptized because we don't wait for baptism services. We'll just pull the horse drinking trough out here and baptize you. All right? So we don't mess around when it comes to baptism in Jesus. All right? So check on there. We'll fill up that tank next Sunday and dunk you. All right? Um, if you feel like you want to get baptized or if you have a child you want to dedicate to the Lord, fill that out. Um, that's good. Um, couple announcements. This Wednesday, we're having a celebration night of worship for Maya, and it's going to be a whole night of fun and festivities. Um, it's going from 4.30 to 8.30. Um, five, or I'm sorry, 5.30 to 8.30. 5.30 to 6.30, we're having walking tacos up in the big room, and we're just going to hang out and eat together and enjoy each other's company. And then from 6.30 to 8.30, there's going to be testimony and worship and praise, and it's going to be a celebration celebrate good times all right that's i might even sing that whole song that night so but not if it deters you from coming i won't do it um so guys as you know maya had stage four cancer and a month or so ago they said she's cancer free and we were just giving all the glory to god yeah and it's really yeah awesome and it's recognizing that that's a miracle from the Lord because we had nights of prayer and all of you have been lifting up that family in prayer. So we're just doing what we should do is just give God the glory. So if you're free that night, come on out and celebrate with us. Also, a couple of quick ones. Um, we're doing a, Brian, uh, it, who you just met, is doing a can drive. So if you have a bunch of cans laying around your house, bring them on in. We won't peek inside and see if there's natties in there or anything like that. But we will take them and turn them in um, for the youth to go to life, which is an awesome conference coming up next year. Um, it's a great youth conference that our denomination does that they're raising money for. So bring in your cans, and we will accept them. Um, and last but not least, J-Road Moms, if you, are if you are interested in getting together, Jackie Carlson is doing a moms group here every Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Kids are welcome and encouraged to come. It's a great time for uh, moms of all ages, but preschool moms to bring their kids on in Tuesdays from 9 to 11 here at J-Road. Sound good? All right. Um, we are doing a series on prayer. And my heart behind it is, you know, Ashley talked a little bit in the, is the time, is, is for revival to happen in our church. Is for revival to sweep through and that we become a changed people. Because I believe until we get prayer right as a church body, everything else is kind of futile. Let me say that again. Until we get our prayer and intimacy with God right, everything else is kind of done in vain. Does that make sense? Jesus said, I am the vine and you guys are the branches. You cannot bear fruit if you're not connected to me. And if we're not connected to God in prayer, there's no way we're going to bear fruit. And a lot of times we're out there doing ministry or walking with the Lord, and we're like, why do I, have, why do I see no fruit of any kind? It's because we leapfrogged the prayer and intimacy with God part. So we want to make sure that's right. And so we're going to be talking about prayer, preaching on prayer. We're going to be practicing prayer in groups. 
um, as, a, as a church family. And uh, it's all because I want you all to have this personal, vibrant walk with Jesus, every single one of you. Does that sound good? Because that's where life change happens. That's where life change happens. And, you know, in my push here is that we all have a time during the day where we pray every day. That we get along with Jesus and just pray. And what I tell people is, like, I, I do mine at the beginning of the day. That's not dogmatic. You could do yours any point during the day. I do mine at the beginning of the day, and I spend, like, some time with Jesus, maybe 30 minutes. I'm not praying for the whole 30 minutes because that's one of the misconceptions. People are like, I can't pray for 30 minutes straight. <laughs> like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, I don't usually pray for 30 minutes straight. I'll sit. I'll read, I'll read God's word. I'll listen to God's word. I'll, I'll meditate on what I just read. I'll pray for a little bit, read. Pray. You know, it's 30 minutes of just being alone with Jesus. And, and part of the reason I say we got to do that is because after that point in the morning, when I step out into the day or I step into the car and go to work and you guys all go to work or you go to school or you go wherever you go, you are about to be hit by a tidal wave from the enemy. A tidal wave of attacks, a tidal wave of discouragement, a tidal wave of lies. And if we are not spending that time with Jesus, we get wiped out. And many of you know what it feels like to be wiped out day after day after day. You'd be like, what's going on? It's like, you're, that intimacy piece isn't there. And that's why it says we put on the armor of God, right? Put on the helmet, the breastplate the shoes, the shield, the sword. We get the whole armor, and we're ready to go. So when that tidal wave hits us, we're standing strong in the Lord, right? And so it's preparing ourselves. We're preparing ourselves. Um, and so that's why I, I think it's so important. And so, you know, starting this, a couple things that I've heard from folks is like, number one is like, dude, I don't know how you pray for 30 minutes. I pray for like five or 10 minutes, and I just can't do 30. So I get discouraged and give up. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm sorry if I said you had to pray for 30 minutes straight in order to be acceptable to God, but I didn't mean that. <laughs> you know, five minutes, start there. The biggest thing in our society is, is distractions, right? We got a cricket going on over here. Your phone is dinging every five seconds. Hey, somebody liked a photo from five years ago. Let me see who it is. Oh, it's my, my kid's English teacher. That's weird. Why is she doing that? Uh, and then we're just distracted all the time, right? And when I was going to make a joke about that doggone cricket earlier, I killed a cricket right before I came up here to preach. But I was going to make a joke in worship that if, if, if this cricket is louder than you, y'all ain't worshiping hard enough. Amen? If I could hear this doggone cricket, y'all ain't worshiping hard enough. And uh, I'm about to start planting crickets throughout the sanctuary and be like, y'all going to drown out the cricket. Because the cricket got more life for Jesus than y'all sometimes. But uh, <laughs> so... I don't know how the cricket got up in here, but he's in here. Um, so distraction. So start with five minutes and just pray and be with Jesus. Um, meditate, which means just get silent. Um, the other one is I can't focus. Get a prayer journal so you can write down your prayers. I have a prayer list, and I just add to it every day, and I just go to it. And part of it is my memory's not that good. So if somebody tells me to pray for them, I write it down. So I'm like, oh, I remember to pray for it every week, and it keeps me focused. The other one is I'm distracted. Leave your phone in another room. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't be without my phone for 10 minutes. You know, I don't know. Unless you're on call that day at the hospital, you know, leave your phone upstairs in the drawer and it'll be okay. Um, and you don't have to look at it during this time. Um, the other critique I have for people getting with Jesus is I don't have time. And my answer is make time. 
Make time. How many hours do you sleep a night? Six hours? Okay, sleep five hours. How many hours do you sleep a night? Four hours? Sleep for three hours. Because our time with Jesus is so vitally important. And we make time for things that are important to us, right? We make time for things that are important to us. Average, like, TV watching time is like three hours a person a day. You know, cut out some of that maybe. You know, whatever it is, make time. We could do it. We can make time. And so I, I just think there's, there's time in a day um, to do it. Nobody can have faith for you. So I want to start by saying nobody can have faith for you. In your prayer life, if you would describe your prayer life as like, my, it's totally non-existent. In me, I'm not like, hey, go pray, go pray. Like, I would say start asking God to increase your faith. Ask God to increase your faith. Because it's really more of a, it's a, it's a reflection of your faith if it's really, really just non-existent. Uh, and I'm not saying that to guilt anybody. Uh, I'm a pastor. I preach. I don't guilt. Um, that's maybe your conscience. Just kidding. Uh, but what I mean by that is if you are just saying, I don't pray at all. I go weeks without praying. That's more a reflection of your faith. Because if you believed that the Bible says what it says it, it says it is, if you believe God is who he says it is and the Bible says what it says, you would be running to your prayer closet to make your request known to God because Jesus said, I'll answer it if you pray it in my name. So you'd be running. But there's something that God says doubting. There's something that's saying, hey, I'm tired. I'm tired. Hey, I don't know about you, but when me and my wife went on our honeymoon, like 15 years ago after we got married, our plane left at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. the day after our wedding. Do you know what? We made the flight. We got up early. <laughs> Why? Because it was important to us. And we did it with joy. And it, was, it meant something to us. And if prayer, if you don't see the power in prayer, which is a faith reflection, you're never going to do it. If you don't foresee God sitting on the throne and answering your prayers, it's just not going to happen. And so really, the first prayer would be, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith in you. Okay? Okay. So we've been talking about this. We've been in the Lord's Prayer. And most of you know the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6. Um, there's five parts. We're in part three today. But the first part is worship. And it, it starts out with this. Jesus said, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's verse 9. Most of us know this prayer very well. This means starting our time in prayer with just worshiping God. Again, I'm not saying that there's a time cap. It could be, Lord, you are awesome, you are mighty, and worthy of my praise. Amen. <laughs> That's how we worship God. Um, give God your praise and adoration for simply who he is. And then the second is surrender your will, which means that when we go to God in prayer, we're not trying to impose our will on God, but we're trying to discern what God's will is and pray according to that. And so we surrender our will to God, and that's where Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the key phrase of that is, not my will, God, but your will be done. And as Brian said last week, let earth experience what happens in heaven. In heaven, there's no sickness, there's no there's no disease. There's no sin. Let's bring that down here on earth as it is in heaven. And so multiple purposes for that verse. And so today is a very simple one. Um, do you guys know the next one? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our, our daily bread. 
Give us this day our daily bread. And so this verse is very simple and short, but it's like, what is God saying here? Like, what is Jesus saying here? And for many of us, it might be hard to understand daily bread, um, mainly because here in West Michigan, many of us don't get food every single day. A lot of times back when Jesus was teaching this, the disciples got food for today, and then the next morning they went and got food for today. And a lot of times workers got paid daily. So you worked, got paid, and then when you got paid, you went and bought food for your family. So give us a day our daily bread meant that every day they had to trust in God. And if they didn't work that day or they got hurt or they were out of town, they didn't eat that day, most people, okay? Or they had to maybe had something left over. But in case you didn't know, when Jesus was teaching, they didn't have refrigerators. They didn't have deep freezers to, like, store meat for long periods of time. Give us this day our daily bread. So, again, it, to translate this with our prayer time, we start with God, worshiping him, surrendering our will to him. And then after we put God first, we bring ourselves second. That's kind of the pattern here. Um, we put God first, then we put ourselves second, even in prayer. And so when it comes to prayer, I sometimes hear two things among Christians, okay, among believers, followers of Jesus. I usually hear sometimes two things, two extremes, okay? This extreme on this side is like maybe the idea of God's my personal genie, right? God's my personal genie. He's here to do my bidding. And so when we start our prayer time, we don't always start with worshiping God or surrendering our will. We're just like, God, I need this, 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 this. And we just unroll the Christmas list of things we need. And so, okay, God, you got that? All right, I'll see you tomorrow. And then we move on. And so that's more of the God's my personal genie part. Um, and we all know that God doesn't give you everything you ask for, right? If that was the case, we'd have 30 lottery winners in here right now. But y'all been praying for that for years, and it hasn't happened because God said no to that request for whatever reason for you. Um, the second is, number one, God's my personal genie. That's not right. But the other one on this side that's equally as harmful, if you will, is God is too busy for my prayers. God's too busy. God, my prayers are too ins insignificant for God. So I don't want to bother God with my prayer. Like he's over there like in a hurricane hitting the south, and I'm here praying for, you know, the iron to heat up fast enough so I can iron my shirt before work. That doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> and so we think God's too big for our prayers. And, or my needs are too insignificant. And that's where he says, give us today my daily bread for me, for my family. See, we need to realize that God cares about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, God cares about me. <laughs> God cares about me. He's so big, he can move mountains with his words, amen? But he's so big, he can know each one of you personally. He's so big, he, he knows you closely. He knows what your breath smells like, Amen? He knows what that stuff smells like, if it smells like coffee or Altoids or morning breath. He knows your biggest fears. He knows your greatest joys. He knows the last day you cried and exactly how many tears you cried because he knows you personally, amen? He just knows you. He knows you. He was with you when you cried last. He knows you. He loves it when you ask for healing, for cancer, for a loved one. 
And he loves it when you ask that the pizza is still warm when you ordered it from Domino's. He loves it when you ask for, hey, God, could this iron heat up faster? I'm running late for work and my shirt's all wrinkly. God, I'm missing my keys. I pray that you help find it, God. He loves both because he loves you so much. And that's what I'm trying to get us to understand is Jesus meant something when he said, the very hairs on your head are numbered. Every single hair on your head, God has them by number down to each one. And that's so significant to God. So when we say, I don't want to bother God with this, or I feel weird praying for this, it's like God is so much bigger than you can imagine. He can direct every single gust of wind in a hurricane, but he could also help you with the most tiniest of problems that are going on in your life. And he wants to hear from you. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You know? Pray while you're cutting your toenails that you don't cut those babies down too short. That's okay. You know, you don't want to cut your toenails too short. It hurts. And God's like, bring those to me too. Bring the cancer. Bring the pizza still hot when it gets here. I'll take them both because I'm big enough for them both. And I can handle them both. Jesus says, ask for your daily bread. He hears you. So in, in Muskegon and J-Road, we have a hard time with daily bread, as I said. Um, that's why it's really good. Because in us, in West Michigan, this isn't meant to insult anybody. I've only been overseas once, and that was to the country of Georgia, which isn't really a developing country. So I haven't really been there either. But here in West Michigan, we sort of live in a bubble. I mean, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. We totally live in a bubble. And that's why it's good. Some of you who went to Thailand, I think you're still here. You know, some of you went on the Thailand trip, a few of you. Yeah, Jared and and Mikey, um, and Kubanek, a few went to the Thailand trip. When they went on this Thailand trip, they saw real poverty outside of, outside of what we're doing here in Muskegon. And I know it's, it's good to see this firsthand because when we watch the news and we see children dying of hunger and malnourishment, we oftentimes click it off because we don't know how to process it. But there's a real statistic that every 15 seconds, a child dies of hunger in the world. So I'm not talking about West Michigan. I'm talking about the whole world. God's children, these little children, are dying every 15 seconds of hunger. And so we don't have that problem here. If you guys know, we have a little food pantry with food stocked in it. Before Christmas this year, like I did a big push because somebody dropped off a ton of food pantry stuff. The person, you know, who dropped off a ton of the food pantry stuff was super generous. They have, like, a bridge card. Does everybody know what a bridge card is? It, like, it's, it's kind of for help for food for families that need it. She had one of those, and she said, I have one of these, and it's up to, like, $1,100 because they keep adding stuff for the pandemic. I can't spend all this money fast enough. Let me just donate food for the food pantry. So I did this blast on Facebook, and our social media does pretty well. But this post about, like, hey, the food pantry's open. Come and get it. Anybody you know, load up. We'll load you up. And we got, like, 500 shares on Facebook. Like, everybody in Muskegon shared that thing. And I did it for two days. Hey, I'll be here all day. Much food as you want. We have, like, good stuff, you know, all sorts of stuff. And in those two days, and 500,000 people that saw it and 500 people that shared it, we got two people. 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that to hurt you, but I've talked to people who come in asking for help with other things like rent assistance, and I'm like, y'all need food? And they'll say, hey, I have like two grand on my bridge card. I don't need any more help with food. I'm good. And, that, and so it made me wonder, like, are we putting, we need to put our efforts somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, we still have the food pantry for people who are in crisis, but it ain't a big need right now, and I think we'd all agree that. It's not, at least for me right now, it wasn't. Um, but we haven't, a lot of us haven't seen outside our bubble, so we don't always see what poverty looks like. Um, as I said, um, I, uh, this is a real statistic that came out last year on um, World Hunger Day. But it says mal- malnutrition is still the leading cause of death in the world. Even in an unprecedented pandemic that affects the whole world, malnutrition is still the leading cause of death and disease in the world. Lack of food. And almost half of, like, when ch- like children die in the world, almost half of all children deaths worldwide are due to malnutrition. And so just not enough food. So we don't always have to do that. And meaning, when I say all this, not to guilt you or make you feel bad or, you know, if you feel led to give to Compassion International, that's up to you. But why do I say all this? And this hit me big before. I want to I share it and be really clear. If I were to ask you in this room, do you consider yourself rich? I would venture to say almost all of you would say no. Do you consider yourself a rich person? Do you, does your family consider yourselves rich? Most of us would say no. Maybe some of you would. Most of us would say no. Because when we think about rich, we think about Elon Musk and uh, the other dude up in spaceships flying around in their personal spaceship, got their own cruise ship, they got multiple houses. Or we think about that dude we work with that has a lake house, and he has a boat, and he has a hunting cabin, and he has all this stuff, and she has the brand new car every time, and you're saying, I wish I had that. I'm not rich. And when God hears that, I believe his heart breaks because we as a people are not grateful for how blessed we are. Like, we're not like, we're just, we glance over this, and then many of us are depressed or have anxiety, not knowing that we have everything we ever need. And God's rained down the blessing on us that when you go to the fridge, you have food. And when you go to the grocery store, you still got money on your debit card. And the stuff we worry about is, oh, man, I hope I could save up for this $14,000 side-by-side like my buddy has. And God's like, I'm, I'm cool with you guys having a boat and a side-by-side, but y'all ain't grateful for what I, the miracles I've given you. And we as a church, part of this prayer series and revival series is realizing the miracles that God has given us. We don't see the miracles every time. I don't care if, you have a t- if you're renting a tiny house, you own a big house, or any of that stuff. I'm not trying to guilt anybody for having money. I'm just saying we need to sit back and give God the glory of the miracle that we live in. Because it might end one day. America might not be one day. In this plentiful harvest that we have at our disposal in our bank accounts might be gone one day. And that's okay. That's okay. Be grateful for it now. And part of when we teach us, it's just the part where we talk about gratitude and thanksgiving of saying, God, thank you. Half of y'all don't pray before dinner or before lunch or before breakfast. And the people back then got their food out and they're like, kids, we got this food, let's pray. 
And they got down and prayed, God, thank you for this food. Amen. Because they knew it might be two days before they get another meal. It might be. So enjoy it. And for us, we're so gluttonized as a society. Our problem isn't malnourishment. It's obesity. Because we have so much at our disposal. We eat as much as we want. We drink as much as we want. And we just have more than abundance. And we never stop to say, God, look at this miracle we have. Man, I have enough to share. I have enough to share. I think I will take one of those kids to Compassion International and help them if I can, if it makes a dent in this world hunger thing. And I'm not, I might not have to get, like, a boat. It's okay. The beach is cool, and it's like 20 bucks, you know, a year for a pass. <laughs> I sometimes feel like God looks at his children in Sudan giving praise for a meal, and his children here in Michigan complaining that life is hard because they can't afford a $50,000 camper, and he gets sick. And I know we have generous folks. This isn't meant to guilt every single one of us. It's not meant to guilt anybody. I'm saying I'm doing pretty good too. But man, can we start with if somebody is talking about being rich, you be the first person to say, I know I'm rich. I never had to worry about a meal. I got reliable transportation. I got a roof over my head. That's it. I'm rich. Not out of pride. But saying all those luxury things, we don't need. They don't bring anybody happiness either. And and lose the posture of, man, I just want to win this. So the last point I want to make is this. We might not be able to break up today in prayer, so we'll we'll hit it hard next week. We'll do double next week, maybe. (laughs) Just pray the whole time next week. Um... I want to hit this real quick, this last part. The concept of daily bread is God usually works one day at a time. God usually works one day at a time. We don't like this as a people, and it's really just, I think, a product of the fall, is we want all the answers up front. You know, we want all the answers up front. But God usually works one day at a time. And why do you think that is? What's that? Because he's present with us, yeah? Anybody else? Why do you think? Yes, sir. Tomorrow's not promised. It's good. Reliance on God. What else? What's that? Yeah, we could only do one day at a time. It builds our faith. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. It builds our reliance on God. God is never going to show you your whole life in an instance. And I always tell you, don't be going to psychics. Don't be going to mediums. I believe those things are of the Satan and they're run by demons. So don't go to psychics. They're just going to tell you lies. And if they tell you any shred of truth, it's usually because of a demon. Don't go to those peeps. God doesn't want you to know your whole life front to back. And the way God works is he shows you he doesn't show you the entire path. He shows you one step at a time. And he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Do you know how far a lamp unto your feet shines in the darkness? About two steps. And oftentimes that's how much God gives us. Not because he wants us to struggle. Not because he likes to see us suffer. Because he knows if he shows us the whole path, we're going to wander away. 
And so he wants us to trust in him and walk step by step. And so he gives us daily bread. He gives us daily bread. And this concept is found in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4 through 5. It says, you guys might know the story of Moses and how he provided, after the people left Egypt, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. God provided them bread from heaven every single day. And guess how much bread it was? For how long? Just one day's worth of bread. And before the Sabbath, it was two days worth of bread, so they didn't have to go out on the Sabbath and collect bread. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I'll rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for each day. In this way, I'll test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. There's your reliance. And on the sixth day, they are to prepare um, uh, what they bring in, and that is, uh, will be twice as much as they gather in the other two days. God works one day at a time, and he'll give you enough for one day. We don't always like that. That's why so many of us are obsessed with the lottery, because we don't want to live one day at a time. We're sick of living one day at a time. I want, to, I want, five, I want $10 million right now so I don't ever have to trust in God again. That every day is taken care of. You know, we want to hit that mega millions. And what we're really saying in our hearts is, so I don't have to trust anybody. I don't have to trust in God or anybody. I could build my own kingdom. And God doesn't want his people to live like that. He wants us to work hard. He wants us to trust him. But oftentimes, the blessings and the miracles are going to come one day at a time. If you are seeking healing, Maya's healing didn't come in one day. But it did come one day at a time. And her parents had to walk with her and trust in that healing one day at a time. Your financial situation that's a terrible mess right now, God's like, hey, come to me, pick up the pieces, and I'm going to get you out of this. But it's going to take, what? It's going to take one day at a time of trusting me. And it's going to keep you close to me. And it's going to keep you connected to me. That's how God usually works. Um, that's what I have for today. I'm going to pray for us. Um, matter of fact, let's do something real quick. Uh, I'm going to end our time right here. I want you guys to pray with uh, whoever is in your pew and just pray for five minutes, and then we're going to dismiss, all right? So uh, do that. If your pew is really packed, then break up into a different pew, but, uh, or pray with somebody behind you or in front of you. And we're going to pray for five minutes, and just everybody go around and pray for one thing you're thankful for, and then I'll dismiss us in five minutes. All right. Ready? Break.